Hello there. The All-Ireland Hurling quarterfinals are upon us. The football prelim quarterfinals have arrived too. And it's Talchin Cup semi-final time. On the show tonight, Desi Moan talks all things football. Paddy Stapleton runs the rule over the four hurling teams in action this weekend. And Mickey Quinn talks about the Talchin Cup as that competition hits the last four. That's all on the championship. What a busy, busy weekend and what a busy show we've got lined up. We'll get straight into it. Paddy Stapleton is with us. Paddy, you're back hurling last night playing junior for Bursley. How is the body this morning? Because that's the question on everybody's lips this weekend. I know, don't mind these All-Ireland quarterfinals. Yeah, no, the body is very, very creaky, but um, look, at I just enjoy playing. I think that's, if you can play as long as you can, no matter what level, I think... Um, I think you'd be fairly happy yeah, with it. I think so. Okay. Two huge games uh, this weekend, Paddy. Uh, let's get straight into it. Clare versus Dublin, first of all, at the TUS Gaelic Grounds in Limerick. Clare have a fair bit of improving to do. Uh, you'd imagine on paper they'll be too strong for Dublin, but Michal Donoghue is getting his stamp on that team every single week. How do you see that game going? Yeah, I think as you said, Clare will be strong, strong favourites coming into this. And after last year, I, I don't know how great the deal with being the favourite tag and Clare over the years have relished being underdogs. But I do think that kind of psychologically they're in a lot better position this year. And psychologically, to me, with all these teams so close is 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 the big one, really. Um, like, I think after the refereeing decision, the last minute, the last day, there's that certain level of anger, you know, that siege mentality. The disappointment in looking back last year at the All-Ireland Series and how they petered out. Uh, the fact they're battling for positions... And and then the you know the the while they lost the monster final they'll know they had it for the, the taking it was there but they didn't expel as much energy I think mentally as they did in the other in the in the monster final last year so I would see you know a big performance from Clare it's more or less like a home game as you said it's in it's in the Gaelic grounds mm. in Limerick they'll have a big following um, Dublin supporters I don't see them travelling um and mass like like they may if it was if it was further down the line in, in Dublin. So I see I see, you know, I see that Michal have done who's done a fantastic job with Dublin. They've been a little inconsistent, but like he's really got a great spine of the team. Um if Clare, you know, don't come to the pitch of the action ready for war, I think Dublin could really, you know, could keep them you know, could keep them very honest and it could be a very, very tight match. But just Clare psychologically and Championship Hurling is really about how upward you are, how how intense you are, and and how tuned in you are. I see this Clare team being unbelievably tuned in now. I think this. Mm. I think that monster final is gone. I think they know they have an All Ireland. If they really, really everything goes right from they have an All Ireland. So I can see them winning by between five and eight points. So psychologically, you think they'll have cleared the hurdle of the monster final disappointment easily. And then, interesting to hear you say about Dublin, maybe as. I suppose dealing with inconsistency I get the feeling that with every passing week Michal Dunne is getting maybe more comfortable with his team and I get the feeling that if Clare don't show up on at the weekend really in, in fine gear Dublin might work their way into this game so on, on both of those points Paddy is that kind of what you were saying? 100% um, I, I think Dublin have shown that ability they, and again they'll relish the underdog tag against Clare um, the, you know, they were favourites against Antrim and it was probably one of their worst performances um, whereas you saw them against Wexford they came out and they knew they had Wexford in a little weak position and they were able but the, the biggest thing for me is Michal O'Donoghue has come in and put a good spine of the team in there Owen O'Donnell was always a great hurler mm. but he's Paddy Smith back in the corner so he has a man marker back there with Owen O'Donnell Conor Burke's moved back to centre back for me probably the best move that he's made um, and of course like up front really like if you think about it, Keno Sullivan is leading the line really well, but they have Donald Burke, who would be on any team in Ireland. Like, don't, you know, nobody should get that mixed up. He'd be on any team there is. So, so accurate. Always shows up for him. 
And then Danny Sutcliffe, only just now, I think, in the last few games, is starting to show that that yeah. form, that ability that we've seen for the last 10 years. Like, I mean, Danny Sutcliffe is up there with any player that's played wing forward or half forward in the last few years. So, player, if they're not really, really careful, if they if they don't get going, the crowd aren't behind them straight away, this can turn into one of them slugfests and, and hard to get the energy levels up. And if they can't get away from Dublin, you know, in the first half, I think the second half then will, will become even more difficult from and Dublin can build that confidence. Okay, that's a really good point, Paddy. As regards Tip versus Galway at 6.15pm, I would say you certainly don't need me to point out to you that Galway lifted when they see the blue and gold every single time and that inconsistency nearly goes out the window in a, in a, in a clash like that because Galway nearly have always turned up to play Tipperary in the, in the last number of years. Uh, what's your own recollections of, of your meetings with them and this game in particular? Yeah, like I, I've, I've had varying results against Galway over the years, but I even looked at it beforehand. I think Tip and, and Galway have met nine times in championships since 2000. I think there's been more than a puck in the ball, puck of the ball in the scoreline once. So it literally does not matter over the generations. You know, we we played them in 2010, and probably the game that made us that year in terms of winning in All Ireland. Yeah, two points down with. I, I can remember I can remember the the, the, the security coming around the Croke Park and I thought, Oh my god, we're in trouble here, two points down with a few minutes to go. But luckily we, we pulled that back and the rest is history. But fifteen, sixteen and seventeen, uh, the trilogy of games those years and the physicality was absolutely off the scale. Um as big as any match with Kilkenny, who at that time were very physical. It was just unbelievable. And and you know, they they won two out of three that time, so they really earned it. In twenty twenty then Tipperary went down. I felt Tip were in a poor, poor shape that year in terms of fitness and 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 where they were in, in the stage of development for players on the team, and and Galway barely got over the line after Carl Barrett and sending off. So as you said, I think form goes completely out the window. Yeah. I feel this year Tipperary are in a very good position in terms of the youth is there. They have a lot more pace in the team. I think if you looked at both setups right now, even though Henry Shefflin has been there two years. I think you'd look at the tip team and say, yeah, all the players on the team are in tune with each other. They know what style they want to play. They know what positions they're to take up. Whereas I think if you're looking at Henry, they've been a little bit inconsistent over the two years, quite streaky. And I think yeah. the Leinster final was probably something that really proved that. Score 1-5, concede 1-5, you know. And it's not what you'd associate with what he hurled with. with Paddy, Kenny. Can I come in there so, Paddy? You were saying that you know, Clare will leave the Munster, Munster final heartache behind him pretty quickly. Will Galway be able to do the same thing because they lost in horrendous fashion? They did. They did lose. What Henry Shefflin will have to do is kind of really hone in on the fact that they, they pulled it back from being really far down against Kilkenny. So he'll have to hone in on that and just to say that the last part was a freakish action to happen, which it was relatively freakish. But I, I still think it'll harbour in the back of their minds. Like, that's a really disappointing two years in a row. Even Henry couldn't hide that in the interview with RTE afterwards. He wasn't yeah, able yeah. Uh, because they really put their money on that. So there will be a little hangover, but I expect, as you said, Tip and Galway, they absolutely hate each other. It's going to go out the window. They're going to they're going to tear lumps out of each other. And uh, just it's just going to be such an interesting battle. Um, the forward line with Galway, the fact that they moved Joe Cooney back wing back, they needed to. Uh, mm. But I still think, if I'm a Tipperary uh, player, I'm saying we're playing a style that... Galway were weak against Kilkenny defending the running defending um, hard running through the middle of their fence so if I'm Galway Joe Cooney is put back there I think it's a really really smart move by Henry Shefflin but there's still question marks don't mind over maybe can they beat Tipperary but question marks over 
technically in defence are they able to keep a running team out and Tip has shown themselves very very adept at that this year and the biggest improvement they've made in their game Paddy I'll ask you one last question I won't ask you for an outright prediction because uh, I'm sure you'll lean to where the, the home pastures are but to be fair to everybody Tip conceded 3-18 to Offaly and their full back line was in a bit of bother on occasion would you be worried about that? Little bit, I, I would be a little bit worried about that. Now, the only thing I'd say is <clears throat> Tipperary put up a huge score straight away. Like the game was over, I yeah, think, okay. after seven minutes. I was at the game. But you, you wouldn't like that seeping in where guys were able to get away for handy scores. Um, I thought Ronan Maher was left isolated uh, on a number of occasions with Owen Cal. And if that happens against Galway, Tipperary are in serious trouble. Okay. Uh, Connor, Connor Whelan, really, to me, is the key. If he's not shut down, Tipperary, you know, will concede three or four goals. Will Carl Barrett um, go on him, Paddy? If if he's in the full forward line, Carl Barrett has to go on him. I think right. if he's in the half forward line, Lester would have said put out Connor Wheel or put out Carl Barrett on him. But I think Brian O'Mara yeah. or Dan McCormack, I think would should both be able to keep the sp- stability okay. out there and mark him. Paddy Stapleton, great to talk to you and we'll chat again soon, please God. Cheers, Demo. Yeah, that's Paddy Stapleton, one of the tightest defenders himself in his own tenure. And we switch now to the Talchon Cup semi-finals and Longford's Mickey Quinn is with us. And Mickey, you've had a good insight into the Talchon Cup this year. How do you reckon season two is going after a fairly successful season one? I think it's shaping up really well, Damien. Um, I think probably the the two big upsets uh, coming off the back of the quarterfinals was down Pippin Cavan and Leash beating um, Limerick. So I think there's upsets there, whereas I suppose the final last year was pretty much uh, the favourites got to it, whereas it's shaping up now that it's fairly open. Um, but I'd, I'd imagine the likes of Mead and down kind of more senior teams are, are probably favourites for this weekend. 1991 uh, final, you know, 1991 final featured me and Down, uh, Mickey. And if both sides went through again, it just probably shows how far off the mark both counties have gone. But it shows how important the Talchon Cup uh, is as well. Now, if you look at the other two teams, Leash and Antrim, you know, they've had success in, in the past, uh, a good few years ago as well. And they want to develop their squad. So is the, is the competition doing what it said it would do on the tin? I think so, and I think I, I think every county has different aims and aspirations, and I think the likes of Mead and Down would be traditionally very strong football and counties, and you have to start back somewhere to to build back up to that top table again, and this should be a stepping stone for the likes of them and the likes of uh, Alicia Antrim too that mightn't be at the same uh, caliber as as your Mead and Down with with tradition wise but I think by building up and having that as a stepping stone there the Talchon Cup offers something um, to both those kind of teams at different tiers whether it be a Division 4 Division 3 or the likes of me that had slipped down from Division 2 uh, this year in the league You're joining me and uh, Raymond Galligan for our coverage on RT2 at the weekend uh, Galway Mayo was on at the same time Mickey I mean Suppose it's not it's not ideal, but uh, Galway Mayo will get a huge audience. But you'd be hopeful the Talchon Cup will get a, a good audience watching those guys as well. Exactly, like the whole thing was that the the Talchon Cup was going to be the semi finals were going to be live and shown live on TV, and and the their truth reward, and that's what's happening. And the fact that the Galway Mayo game is on. It's it's an added incentive for for someone that if they're not going to the game that have the ability to sit down and flick from channel to channel and, and get the vast majority of games rather than the Talchon Cup going on in the background behind almost closed doors that 
some some of these players that people mightn't see uh, on a regular basis or mightn't know or be household names. It's an opportunity for for those players to be put on the big stage. And at the end of the day, um, Down, Mead, mm. Antrim, Leash. They, their fans are going to be at the game and it's just an opportunity for more people um, outside of those counties to to see the, their players playing. Yeah, last year's semi-finals, you, you worked in that as well. They were unbelievable. So let's get straight into it. Two o'clock, Meath versus Antrim. The the connections between Andy McEntee <laughs> and his family, like his, his nephew and, and son are on the Meath team. He is playing with Antrim. He's done a fine job up there, Mickey. Uh, Colin O'Rourke's slowly getting the, 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 the formula right with Meath as well. How do you see that go- game going? Like a lot of people will fancy will fancy um, me to get through, but Antrim won't be one bit afraid of that, will they? No, no. And I think that the thing with any manager coming in, and there's almost the, the soccer uh, style of things happening now, that if a manager doesn't make an impact in the first two or three games, we need to go again. Um, like it, it takes time to develop players and develop a system of play and style. And maybe Colin, he hold his hand up and say he got some things right and some things wrong. But mm. um, he has 13 debutants so far. See, Dunnock Boyle wrote yesterday yeah. in the Independent. Like that's huge for any county, especially Mead. But while getting results and putting up big scores in the Talshan Cup, um, it's huge. And James uh, McEntee coming back into the squad, I think he's played the last three games, or started the last three games, um, and mm. he's kicked six points, and he was very pivotal in their win against Down um, in the last group game. So I think Mead are shaping up well. As for Antrim, Antrim probably their um, division three campaign wasn't as successful as they would have liked and uh, they just avoided relegation but the way they're after bouncing back and topping their group um in the Talshan Cup that they had with huge wins and putting up big scores that's been massive for them and they're getting goals both teams have averaged over two goals a game so I'm expecting the, the same to happen in Croke Park big open pitch and I, I'm predicting lots of goals in both games I'm delighted to hear you saying that because look there's no doubt about it right I mean you look at the, the four teams and okay one or two are certainly more structured than other than others but last year Mickey you saw it with your own two eyes the occasion nearly got the I won't say got the better of the team but it influenced the outcomes of the games because that pitch actually encouraged all four teams just to tear at each other and sounds like you're expecting something similar at the weekend I think so I think it's almost like a caged animal or or cattle let out for the summer when you when you do or the spring when you do get out and you can let rip and I'm looking at both teams there um, in, in both games that there's goals uh, in both of them like Rory McCann has been putting up huge amount of goals every year in the league and this year in particular and he's carried that form into the Talshan Cup Jordan Morris too and yeah. strong running teams I, th- I don't think uh, they're strong counter attacking teams both here so uh, it, with turnovers and mistakes happening, uh, a lot of teams feed off that. Whereas I think there'll come a stage in, in uh, both games where with 15, 20 minutes to go, both teams are just going to throw the shackles off and go for it. And that's where your strength coming off the bench and finishing the game is going to be hugely important. Um, I'm, going, I'm going to ask you to call both games at the very end of the conversation, but how do you see Down versus Leash? Leash have shown serious resilience in the last few weeks and Mickey Down have really used their squad and they're structured, they're organised and Conor Laverty has done some unbelievable work in the last few months as well. 
Yeah, like, firstly, with down serious admiration for for what Conor Lafferty has done as a player and as a manager yeah, and the way he's yeah. able to been been balancing that. But what really stood out from playing down this year was their um their their running game, their running power, really strong running team. Um, they ended up playing twenty four players in the last two games, which is. It, it mightn't sound like a whole pile. You have five subs, but the fact that that's, that sub-rotation is happening in both games and it's different people getting opportunities to start and come on, it, it offers something to the whole squad that everyone has a chance. And you see them let back out to play club games on a on a Friday night before certain games, playing 40 minutes. That There seems to be a real good blend there and down at the moment. Um, and of the of those subs, they hit 1-5 off the bench um, uh, against Longford. And then you have Pat Haveron that's going super at the moment. And Rory Mason has hit seven points in two games. And Danny McGill, two goals in two games as well. So I think they're going to take a lot of handling. And, and I'd be very surprised uh, if they, they don't see it over the line Leash <laughs> the, way, the way Leash have kicked on um, they had a, a decent league campaign a, a really good league campaign and then probably there was a little dip but the way they're after bouncing back with two huge wins against Fermanagh and Limerick and you kind of think oh this Le- Leash team that it's, it's young blood they've got a great mix of experienced players and young players like you're looking at Evan O'Carroll Mark Timmons Paul Paul Kingston yes, and then Kieran Lillis yeah. and then you have Colin Murphy coming into the fold who's hit um, 1-1 in the last game so there's a great spread of, of experience and youth there that um, that the Saints have got right that Billy Sheehan has got right OK I have a final question for you Mickey just to put you on the spot go away from the Talchin Cup for a second just if I was asking you to pick out maybe one surprise or one shock from the uh, All-Ireland prelim quarterfinals in the Sam Maguire what is catching your eye? Because I know you're you're a student of the game and you're well tuned into all counties. Um, to be honest, I think everyone's everyone eyes are looking at the the Galway Mayo game, um, that that is the big one. And I suppose that, to be honest, that de- depends on uh, Sean Kelly. He's the one that you kind of have to keep an eye on. Is he going to be playing or not? And if he does, it'll have a huge bearing on the game. I think I think that that could be. Uh, that could be a ding dong battle, mm. but whoever whoever wins that game, it's a surprise the other team been out. But I wouldn't be surprised if there's a kick in Donegal as well. Um, oh. There's just there's a lot of uh, probably playing Donegal down the last while, but I think they're going to they're going to go out swinging, and if they're going to be knocked out, um, it's going to take a hell of a beating. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised to see a kick in them. Mickey, thanks for your time, and we'll talk on Sunday, please, God. Thanks, Damon. Bye-bye. Mickey Quinn there from Longford. Now I'm delighted to be joined for the final part of the show by Desi Moan from Monaghan. 16 years with Desi at Monaghan and two Ulster titles. How are you keeping over uh, in California, Desi? Uh, all's good, all's good, Damon. I've actually made a switch to Chicago now. I made a late-night uh, flight over to Chicago, so I'm, I'm travelling a bit. The bucket list is... Uh, getting bigger each year yeah, of retirement well, you sound good and you're well clued into all the games because uh, I was chatting to you during the week and it's an exciting time back home prelim quarterfinals we start with your your own county Desi 4.45 in uh, Tullamore Kildare versus Monaghan Kildare with a bit of momentum how do you see this game going? Yeah the games have got very exciting there. They're definitely this weekend is going to be very exciting there. I, I've been enjoying the games this last 
few weekends there now. I've lucky enough I've been to all the, the all the Monaghan matches so far this year. Mm. Um, we we had a good victory over over Throne. Didn't go too well in the semi final against Derry, but then we reacted well uh, in that match up in uh, Celtic Park, which I thought was a massive positive there for Monaghan because they learned a lot from that game, that uh, Ulster semi final. And then when they, moved, they went up to Celtic Park, um, they, they learnt a lot and they really played well. I thought their transition of football and scoring and just overall team ethic was, was superb that day. Mm. Um, now, going and then you look at the Clare match, it was a lot open. And then going to the Donegal match, it just wasn't that Monaghan-like uh, performance that you've seen in, in, in the Derry match in Celtic Park. So this Monaghan would need to bring that type of game against Kildare and Tullamore because you know, Kildare are probably thinking that with that victory against Roscommon, they've torn the tide there as well. Kildare, Kildare have been up and down this year also um, with their with their performances. So Monaghan really have to bring their tenacious, their tenacity. And what Monaghan's all about is getting in and them tackles, winning them 50-50, winning them 60-40 balls in around the middle field. Yeah. Um, like the Carlo Connell, Conor McCarthy and Ryan McInnesby being back, coming back from Australia has, has uh, been playing very well. Uh, overall, Monaghan's been playing very well as a team, but they just need to bring that bit of consistency going uh, into uh, Tullamore. Okay. Um, at seven o'clock in Ballybuffet, do you give Donegal a chance of beating Tyrone in the fortress that is Ballybuffet, Desi? And Donegal have had a shocking year, really, but they have picked it up considerably. In fairness to Aidan O'Rourke and the players uh, and Paddy Bradley in the last number of weeks, how do you see that game? That game is going to be very tough for throwing going up to Ballybuffet. I've been up there many times and I've hardly come out with a win, being with the county and also in, in Ulster club football there as well. So it's a very tough stadium to go to. Uh, in fairness, the likes of Kieran Thompson, Conor O'Donnell uh, had played very well last week. Uh, Dara Byler as mm. well also in that forward line. And then Jamie Brennan, that's the best game I've seen probably Jamie Brennan. Brandon play for Donegal in the last year or two. So he really came into his own there. He's round midfield, he's around the half four line and the back line picking up Doherty Ball. So Donegal have torn a bit of a tide. Now the big thing is the, the big thing with all these games last couple of weekends, big performances and then not so good performances the next week. So with Tyrone, they're probably lucky enough to, to stay in. Only Westmeath hasn't missed that free kick at the end. That Tyrone could have been out. Um, it's it's going to be very, very tough for Tyrone uh, going into Ballybuffet. Donegal probably think they've torn a tidy wee bit by beating Monaghan. But I think Monaghan gave them a bit too much space last week. And, and they got a lot of good... No question about it. They got a lot of good scores from different different players on, on, on the pitch and long-range scores. I don't think Tyrone will let them do that. Um, I think it's going to be a very tough task. Uh, I know Aidan are building something there at Donegal. I think they've only seven players from the last time Throne and Donegal met in the championship. Um, I just mm. might edge maybe Throne in this one, only that Aidan Rook's building, building again with uh, with Donegal. But don't be surprised if Donegal nab a victory there either. Yeah, that would be a that would be a, a well, it wouldn't be a surprise or a shock, but it would be a huge result for the championship. Uh, Cork and Ross Common then in Park Cueve, two o'clock on Saturday, Desi. And you know, let's be honest about it. Cork have all the momentum, but can you could you see that the structures that Davy Burke has put in earlier in the year could sustain the challenge that they're going to get down Lee side? 
That's the thing, you see, Cork are coming up now against our Roscommon team, a different Roscommon team. We all know Roscommon have great forwards there. There's no question about that. Like, like I said, and the Smith there, um, um, and Donny, Donny Smith there also, and then you have the young lad Ben Carler also, and then you have Daly's in the back line. Now, Cork has put a structure in there that's never probably really been there. Roscommon, Roscommon has all been a fleur in the forward line, get the ball, maybe not defending so well. But to have that this year... That's instilled in them, and Cork will probably come up. They haven't really come up against that much uh, this year in the championship. Maybe against maybe against Mayo at times. Um, but what has impressed me with Cork, the number six, Daniel O'Mahon, there will actually play with them last year in Chicago. I knew he was an up and coming footballer. He played superbly uh, last year with Portia Pearson in the Chicago Championship last summer. Uh, that was one player that's very impressed me this year in, in the Championship. You know, you've Rory Maguire there as well, another young lad there, and Sherlock's kicking over the scores, and you mm. along with Brian Hurley there also. But another player that's impre- impressed me is, is Brian O'Driscoll, too. Um, Works so I think hard. He does. He works. He gets on a lot of ball. Just notice he gets on a lot of ball. Works hard. Works hard for the team. Um, Ross Common just might edge it. They might. It's very hard to call these games this again. It's actually quite exciting. You don't know what way the games. Are. I think a lot of games could go into maybe extra time uh, this weekend. Um, I feel just the way Ross Common they're structurally more sound. Maybe in defence, you be you be thinking. Um, Cork might be just maybe again a year or two away, maybe a year away to where they want to be. Uh, so I said I could give it to Russ Common for this weekend, but I wouldn't be again. I wouldn't be surprised if Cork turn around and maybe could beat them. Okay, and then to the game of the weekend, Desi, uh, <laughs> you call this one because I haven't a clue. I, I'd say both counties are scratching their heads, saying, "How the hell do we get here?" But they are, they are where they are, and it's in Salt Hill, and it's on Sunday, and it's on TV. Yeah, Salt Hill's a tough place to go to. Uh, but the only thing is with Galway there, with Kelly, we're not too sure about how Kelly's going to be and Comer. Mm. I watched Kelly down in the league against uh, Monaghan Monaghan down there in, uh, in Salt Hill and I was very extremely impressed I know um, a lot of teams look to forwards you know, get, getting things going with their team but th- this player Kelly I have to say very impressed a real driving force behind that Galway yeah. team at the minute coming out from the back line ordering by his about really being a general and also he can play he can play football too um, if he's missing and if Comer's missing that's going to be a big ask yeah, for it. I know yeah. you're, you're talking about squad, but he, Kelly's type of player is hard to replace. And then you've also Killian O'Connor. I think, you know, for me, I think he could have played a club match there recently also. So is he going to be used? Are they going to use him? And again, I was down when Monaghan played um, Mayo in the league. Look, Mayo look like, and, and most of the matches, they look like they're just going to uh, put teams put away teams off the park, but then again they gradually let teams back in and they get teams would get easy scores and then Mayo start to just go very very uh, very wayward at the mm. end of the matches. It's a it's a very hard one to call. It's, I think because if Kelly and Comer fit, I, I would give it the goal. But if they're not if they're not on the, if they're not on the park and if Mayo. Shane Walsh is not firing. Because um, I was just looking at the top scores or in, in the championship and looking who's getting all the scores. You know, your top scores from play has been Conor Conn, David Clifford, and Shane McGuigan. No, uh, they're Shane putting Walsh, up yeah. massive. 
Yeah, and there's no kind of sign of Shane Watson or, or just the go with forwards there at the minute. I know they have a serious forward line, but okay. you also you all you all definitely need your top players putting the scores in. But okay. Comer and Kelly would have to be playing now. All right, keep that Moan Mobile safe in Chicago, Desi, and we'll <laughs> chat you before the year ends. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks De- very much, Desi Moan there from Monaghan. That's it for tonight's show, folks. Thanks to our producer Damien O'Mara. Dave Gibson was on sound from myself, Damien Lawler. Mind yourselves, and we'll chat again next weekend.